Welcome to Quaker Faith and Podcast, where we will explore traditional Quaker beliefs and the variety of Quaker beliefs found today. Welcome back to Quaker Faith and Podcast with Mackenzie and Micah. Uh, this time we've decided that we want to talk about um, centering, like how we get centered when we're sitting in unprogrammed worship. And I got to say, um, I'm ready for this episode because uh, I haven't felt centered in, <laughs> in, in many a day. So I, maybe I need this more than anybody. <laughs> um, so I think lots of people have different uh, way, like different techniques that they've come up with for how to get centered. And so um, I guess we'll just talk about ones that we are aware of. And then hopefully, listeners, you can pop up in the comments on our website and uh, let us know other ways that other techniques you use for getting centered. Um, uh, but before we do go down that road, maybe could you talk a little bit about what getting centered is? Because I'm not sure that's self-explanatory. Right. Um, so we talk about in unprogrammed worship that we are listening for messages from the divine or from God. And so it's sort of getting into that mindset to to listen. Um, and so for some people that means like trying to clear all the thoughts out of their head, like with meditation, but I think there are other ways people think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess uh, one of the questions would be uh, centering on what, um, cause I mean, so for example, uh, Mackenzie and I both work in software development, and I think we've probably both had the experience of uh, probably recently of we're working on solving some problem and we just sort of get totally immersed in the problem. And, you know, an hour can go by and it's as if it has just been a few minutes. Um, in a way, you could say that we were centered in that moment. We were centered on the problem. We were united with it. And uh, that was our that was like our the axis upon which we were evolving. Um, so maybe centering is a, is a broader phenomenon, but I think, I think as McKinsey said, we're specifically talking about um, centering uh, on God's presence um, and uh, centering on sort of an awareness of God's presence and our receptiveness to being changed and moved and uh, directed by that presence. Although like, I know saying, I don't know, saying God's presence might, feel very uncomfortable for a lot of people like uh when I first started coming to meeting like uh saying the inner light would have been a lot more comfortable for me yeah yeah I mean you know for me it's for me it's all Jesus so uh yeah. for me for me got talking about God is pretty neutral space I've, I've finally gotten more used to you doing that um <laughs> over the almost two years we've been doing this um all right. So uh, before we started recording, I said that um, the way that I tend to center now is that I pray and like silently. Um, and so I'll often be doing like praying for my friends and that sort of thing until like I run out of words. And I kind of think that that running out of words might be also what people think of um, for when they're holding in the light, but I think we want to do a separate, um, a separate episode on, on that topic in particular. No, and I mean, that, that's, that's super interesting too, because, um, I mean, obviously it's going to like depend on personality and, 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 
because uh, for me, it, for me, it is often the opposite of it's 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 only when I get centered that I feel like I can speak properly. So like the mm-hmm. the words come after the centering in general for me. So that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. For me, like I mean, I will sort of like anytime I have a quiet moment, I will silently say a prayer for for whoever in my life needs that and um it's sort of when I run out of anything more to say and it's just I hit the point of look god spirit whatever you know what's in my heart and that's it I'm just gonna sit here and rest in your presence that that's for me how I get to centered mm-hmm yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I know that. Um, so I, I I pray the hours most days, which means that I, like I go through several times a day, go through a liturgy uh, that I've I've adapted from the uh, Episcopalian Book of Common Prayer, and uh, there's a lot of like in this liturgy, like it's just it's talking, it's a lot of talking, a lot of a lot of set prayers, you know, uh, reciting psalms and stuff like that, um, and but there's sort of like there's sort of like a time when uh, right, right before you say uh, the Lord's prayer, um, there's a time when you can just sort of pray whatever you want. And uh, in that time, sometimes I have that experience of, you know, I'll, uh, I'll sort of pray myself out of, you know, I'll go through, I'll go through all the stuff I need to pray about and say things about. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, I, now I just need to hand this over to God. Mm-hmm. Um. I used to, before I started, before I started having like a regular prayer practice, I used to um, sit in, well, before I started having a regular prayer practice, before that I picked up a, I intentionally picked up a daily Bible reading habit. um, Because, you know, there's kind of a point where you're like, you know, I should find out what's in there. Um, (laughs) And so I was doing a read through the New Testament. And so I would, um, on Sundays, do my reading as I would walk into meeting and I would read for the 20 minutes until the kids leave for first day school and the latecomers come in. And so I would use that as an aid to get centered. So I'd read the Bible for 20 minutes and then stop and go into worship from there. Nice. Yeah. And I, and I would say that in my experience is sort of observing um, uh, the un, like unprogrammed portions, whether it's the whole time or whether it's a part of it, um, of, of Quaker meeting for worship. Um, I feel like a lot of different people have different ways of, of, of centering. And sometimes, uh, sometimes I wonder which ones are more effective. Uh, like I, I have to say like, there have been times when I've, when I've seen, seen people that who will like journal through the entire hour or they'll, or they'll read the Bible through like most of the time. And, and I wonder like, at what point, should you be putting that away? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I would... obvi- obviously, there's no, there's no one right answer to that because people have different processes uh, or, or different different techniques of opening themselves to God. Um, but, but I do, I do, I have had questions uh, sometimes when I've seen people mostly engaged in in um, perhaps centering activities for the whole time or most of the time. Well, certainly I've um, seen people who knit or crochet during meeting. And I know like, especially if you have like ADHD, having something like simple and repetitive that your hands are doing can be really helpful to keep you from having your mind wander or to keep you from like 
fidgeting in ways that are more distracting. Mm -hmm. How about you? So, How do you? Well, I, I guess before I get into that, I, I, I just have another question, I guess, which is like, what's, what's the point of centering? I mean, what, what, what's, what, what's the benefit? I guess that kind of feels like a weird question to me since I said before that, like, if, you know, if we're waiting for a message, if we're listening for a message from the still small voice, then, I mean, what's, it seems like more likely you're going to hear it if you actually do take the time to sit and listen as opposed right. to um, just continuing about your busy day. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of making the space making a space where there's less reactivity and more, more, uh, attentiveness. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Paying, paying attention, focusing on, on that inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say in terms of me, um, I think that my, my normal mode of centering has changed a lot over the years, depending on my life circumstance. And, you know, maybe, maybe five years ago, like I, I, I probably spent like an, you know, half an hour, at least a half an hour every morning, like pretty much first thing in silence and probably, probably spent like a half an hour in silence and like another half an hour journaling, like every morning, like drinking my tea. Wow. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I worked part time then and I didn't have children. Um, so uh, my life is very different now. I do have, uh, I have two boys. Uh, one is uh, a toddler uh, and one is becoming a big boy. He's in pre-k3 now um and yeah life is really different and i work full-time as well uh so my life has transformed and uh my prayer practice and practice of my centering has transformed a lot and frankly not in necessarily good ways in the sense that like i just had a lot more a lot more dedicated time for prayer before um and i know a lot of a lot of uh prayer warriors would say, well, you still have time for prayer. You just have to pray, you know, without ceasing, Micah, come on. Um, but uh, <laughs> my experience of it is that having the dedicated time was really, really helpful. Um, but so now my, I have very little, I have very little dedicated prayer time. Um, and at, at best, usually I'm, my, my best prayer time is on my commute. Uh, and mm -hmm. I end up, I usually end up, you know, praying the hours during my commute. I really have to put, so like morning prayers and vespers, vespers being sort of like around, you know, for me, basically when, yeah, but for me, basically it's when I get off work is Vespers. Um, but, uh, morning prayers and Vespers are pretty easy for me, but then like, I have to really push myself to like step out, step out of work like in the middle Tercha? of the day. Hmm? Tercha, 9am. No, I just call it midday. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, my morning prayers are more like, uh, nine o'clock or eight o'clock. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing prayers like, you know, at 6am or something. Uh, I got, I got enough, I got enough craziness going that's on. Too much, to get that's too door. early to wake up. That's too <laughs> early. That's too early. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like medieval, medieval <laughs> saints, you know, getting up at like three in the morning to do prayers. Um, but, but so I guess, I guess all that is to say is uh, I, I try to steal prayer uh, in little snippets in my day, but, um, and I feel like I have an ongoing conversation going with God like I feel like I'm regularly turning to God to ask God for help because honestly um 
my life has been really, really challenging for the last couple of years. Uh, in just the way I describe, like I've got two little kids and I'm working full time and work is very challenging. Um, and so I'm just constantly asking God for help because I need help. Um, and so that's sort of been like, I guess I would say like before, uh, my prayer was much more contemplative and much more like, I will just sit here for half an hour and God, whatever you want to tell me, I'm just going to listen. And now my prayer to a much greater degree is help me, God, help me, God, help me, God. I really need some help. This is really hard. I need you to intervene right now. Please do this stuff. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I actually was sitting in a metro station waiting for the train one morning and there was a guy sitting next to me and he had a little book when he, and he, I saw him do the sign of the cross several times. And after he stopped, I asked him, were you just praying the hours? And he said, yes. Um, but uh, I get a lot of prayer in on my commute as well. I actually, um, in not very traditionally Quakery fashion, just like you with the book of hours, um, I have a set of prayer beads and it's not a rosary because it's got 12 decades, not five. Mm. Um, and I, it's not, I didn't actually like go out and buy prayer beads. I won them in a sewing competition, <laughs> but, um, and they have little skulls for the, our father beads. Um, and like, so, uh, D, like right on point for Dia de los Muertos, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, I won them several years ago. I was going to say Memento Mori. Um, but I like yesterday, I prayed the whole way around there, um, doing on instead of a standard rosary, because like I said, it's 12 decades, um, on the little beads, I did um, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Just just those two lines from the Lord's Prayer on the little beads. Mm. And then on the on the skulls, I did a whole Lord's Prayer and a prayer intention. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, centering. We got off topic. <laughs> I, I'm not sure we did get off topic. Um, we, yeah, did we, didn't we? Whatever. I mean, I mean, so, 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 okay. So this is, this is, Something I think about a lot, which is, or at least have thought about a lot, uh, is what's the purpose of the unprogrammed meeting for worship? Um, and I think I think there's really good stuff that can happen in in like that hour or however long of silent worship that that many Quakers practice. Um, but I think the bigger purpose of it is as a practice ground, uh, training ground for um, all the time. And so I, I think. Perhaps actually the more important time is when we're not in worship because it's a less structured and, 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 um, and supported environment. And so how are we centering? How are we listening in our daily lives? Like, I mean, I think like when I'm, when I need to have a difficult conversation with a coworker or when I, uh, when I'm feeling really angry with someone in traffic, like how am I, how am I like practicing the presence of God and like living in the spirit of Christ? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because yeah, when we're in, the when we're in unprogrammed meeting for worship or the unprogrammed portion of meeting for worship like everything basically has gotten quiet except like maybe the air conditioner um and so yeah that is sort of a set up to be easier to concentrate on that as opposed to um when we're doing that on our like, like i said doing that thing on a metro train um yeah and i mean i think I think to some extent, you know, the purpose of, right, uh, the purpose of centering in meeting for worship to some extent uh, is to encourage and be receptive to um, prophetic witness and prophetic utterance mm -hmm. um, and preaching. Uh, 
and uh, so, like this doesn't it, it doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened to me at many points in the past where like that same feeling of like basically like being given a word from the Lord and, and delivering it in speech or another action. Um, that doesn't just happen in meeting for worship. It right. happens other times too. So uh, being given that kind of message and delivering it outside of meeting for worship in, in my mind is way cooler because like it, it, it's sort of like, this is not merely a socially constructed thing that Quakers do. This is actually God working. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam Barnett Cormack over in the UK, I know he will sit in, like he will he will sit on his own in contemplative worship, and he gets messages when he's alone, and he writes them down. And so he does written ministry from the messages he receives when he's on his own. Mm-hmm. And like that is a very very old Quaker practice. Like the early friends did that. They got did written ministry, and they would publish it and that sort of thing. I mean, I guess you could say uh, that my my blog and my sermon writing. And this is something that Quakers, uh, the Quakers have had a lot of discussions about is like prepared sermons. Um, but, but same concept uh, with my, with my sermons and with my, with my blog posts, I would say it's a similar process is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting and waiting and asking God to guide me and, and really uh, inviting a force beyond myself to guide my words, um, even in a prepared form. So it's, it's not like there's some uh, qualitative difference really between uh, prepared words and words that are that are spoken uh, at the moment of inspiration, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, like if if they were right, as long as they were inspired at some point. Well, and I mean, when it comes to <clears throat> so when it comes to my blog, obviously, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when I'm writing for my blog, I'm writing for the readers of the blog, and so the context, the meeting for worship, so to speak, of that hopefully prophetic utterance um, is uh is is that audience right um and when it comes to a sermon a sermon's even better in a lot of ways for this purpose because when i prepare a sermon uh i prepare it with with the audience in mind which for me is actually two audiences uh primarily the audience is the congregation that i'm going to be preaching to but also secondarily i also publish it on my blog so i do consider that um but once it's written when i actually deliver it it often changes, sometimes just a little bit, always a little bit, um, and sometimes substantially. Uh, and so there, there's there's the original uh, inspiration, you might say, uh, but then there's also the ad- additional inspiration in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you've mentioned that before. Um, I guess, so, okay, so uh, we talked about, um, like, prayer as a way of centering Bible reading, journaling, knitting, um, and emptying your mind, like trying to empty your mind, like with Buddhist meditation, um, slash, uh, centering prayer. Um, are there other techniques you can think of that people or like methods people use for centering that you've run into? Well, I, I mean, I mean, I would really just say anything that you would read about in like a self-help book or a business book, which is basically the same thing. Um, could be a form of centering. I mean, going exercising, going for a run, that can be centering. Um, centering is not, in my opinion, this sort of necessarily this sort of like mystical spiritual thing. Centering is just centering. Centering is uh, placing your focus on a center. 
and 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 letting letting other letting other concerns drop. And so, just as you say, I mean, Buddhist meditation has, um, at least theologically speaking, I, I think generally Buddhists would agree with me on this. Buddhist meditation has nothing to do with listening to God. It has everything to do with letting everything drop away and being just completely present with the moment. Um, and that's that's uh, in a sense what we're going for with Christian centering, um, in that we, along with the Buddhists, want to let everything else drop away. The difference is that um, there is a specific focus of our attention, who is God, um, that we that we specifically want to invite in. There's um, to one fill thing that. left. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, and actually, when you were mentioning um, like running as a thing that. And, I, and I've heard that too, and, I, and people going for walks. Um, mm-hmm. That reminded me of like labyrinths. Labyrinths are a very, very old um, thing that Christians have used for meditative purposes. Um, and I know uh, right now West Hills Friends Church is working on getting a labyrinth built in the grass in front of their meeting house. Cool. You can find us on the web at quakerpodcast.org, as Quaker Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and on iTunes.